Okay, so thank you so much for coming this morning. I want to thank the family whose last name is eluding me right now. What's that? Debson for hosting, for making this possible. And this is what we need now. We need to just get together. Even if we don't do anything else, holy, just, you did need to stick together now more than ever. Because um, the one thing that's becoming clearer and clearer is that we have nobody else in the world. We really don't. So um, we have to be there for each other more than ever. And Allah has come of a kama when we get together to try to accomplish something holy, to learn and to bring chizik into our lives. It's a very big thing. Very, very big thing. So I can only ever share what I'm feeling. I've only ever been me. I can't try to, um, to speak from anybody else's perspective. I could, just, I could just talk from what I'm experiencing, what I'm going through. If it resonates, wonderful. If not, you know, that's also fine. But something that I've been feeling lately very, very strongly is a sense of maybe inadequacy is the word. Inadequacy on two levels. I think, I think inadequacy number one is on a very tremendously collective level. Make sure that whoever's here in the back gets uh, sheets. There are, my, there, there are many more sheets here. Thank you so much for coming. And there are seats also. There are sheets and seats. <laughs> inadequacy number one is on a collective level where it's like, how am I even supposed to bring the world closer to Tikkun? Like, it's such a mess. It's just such a mess. It's like, it's almost like you look around, like, what can my small little effort do to try to bring the world closer to the visions of the Nevi'im that talk about a world where people just let each other be already and just live and understand what life is about that we've known already for thousands of years that one day we hope to wake up to, but it, it seems very, very challenging, the situation that we're in. That's inadequacy number one, and that's on a collective level. But then there's also the personal level, where we have all had the sense for three weeks already that we absolutely must take our Yiddishkeit to the next level. It's clear, it's obvious. I mean, things are heating up. I'm not one to say, you know, this is Gogumog, you know, this Mashiach is coming now. I think Amisrael has done that already throughout history, and Hashem has other plans, so we just let him do his thing. But one thing for sure is that it's not a regular time we're living in now. Amisrael, we've never in our lifetimes, none of us, I don't think, have experienced such a, such a time like this. Not simple. So we have to take it to the next level. We want to take it to the next level. And yet, like, you know, after maybe like four or five days, you remember that you're actually a human. And all of your big ideals and what you're trying to work on, it's like, it's not as easy as it, as it looks. And we still feel, and, and sometimes we can think, of like, what is wrong with me? How am I not getting it? Like, there are, our brothers and sisters are fighting in Gaza, and I'm still stuck in whatever it is that I'm trying to work on. It's Shemir Salash, and whatever area it is that I'm trying to work on, I'm davening a little bit more kavana. Like, what is going on? And you can feel dejected, you can feel discouraged. So, in the hope of giving myself chizik and uh, whoever else might gain from this, I wanted to take a look at three teachings from Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, who was called by his Talmidim a, uh, a rofe nefesh, a soul doctor. And if he was a soul doctor then, when he was incredibly misunderstood and his teachings weren't even relevant almost for that time because people, weren't, people couldn't fathom the depth of the darkness that he was speaking about, he's certainly a soul doctor now. And his teachings, it's like a big pharmacy. And a person who knows his teachings is like a pharmacist. Because you always have something to say for every situation, every, every circumstance that a person is finding challenging, difficult. Rabbi Nachman had a way of, of healing people. So I picked here for these first three teachings that we'll go through together now. I think some of the strongest of all the medicines. Because we need it now. We need it now. The biggest, biggest light in order to illuminate the biggest darkness. So let's take this journey together, all with the help of Baruch Hu. The first teaching is Lakutimran Tinyana, which is the second volume of Lakutimran. They're printed as one, but there are two halves of the Sefer. Lesson 48, Torah Memches. Rabbi Nachman says as follows, Kisha Adam Nichnas Hashem. When a person enters into the service of Hashem, 
Which is a strange lashon because presumably he wasn't speaking to irreligious Jews. He was speaking to Yidin, from Yidin. And he says that there's an aspect in which we, we have the opportunity at whatever age and stage in our journey, in our life, to, to say, okay, now I'm nichnas b'avadis Hashem. You're from Yid your whole life, let's say, or whatever it is for however many years. But now I'm stepping in. Like now I'm actually stepping into it. I'm making it the focus, the primary aspect of the reason that I'm in this world. Kisha'adam nichnas b'avadis Hashem. Says the Rebbe, a counterintuitive thing, as I had derech, the way that this is going to go is shemar in loy hisrachkos. They're going to push you away. V'nid malay, it's going to appear to the person shemar chikin oisoy milamala. That it's almost as if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pushing that person away from being able to go ahead and to accomplish something in his or her avodah Hashem. They're going to make it so challenging and so difficult. And exactly when you thought that you were finally able to carve out some time to daven, something's going to happen in the family. You're not going to be able to, you're going to have to rush out an emergency. And there's going to be obstacles riddled along the way, whatever it is that we're challenged by. And each of us are working on things. Here he says this revolutionary thing. We're going to spend the rest of this year unpacking these seven words. But in truth, Kol ha-hisrachkos, all this experience of being pushed away or distanced, hurak kulay hiskarvnos. It is actually, we're going to have to unpack this, how this could be, it is actually all an experience of HaKadosh Baruch Hu pulling you closer than ever before. So how could that be? It's, it's, it's the opposite, right? We're experiencing Hashem is pushing us away, and at the same time, says Rabbi Nachman, not only isn't he pushing you away, he's actually bringing you so close. This is part of the process of getting close to Hashem. Okay, so we're going to get back to that and try to figure out some kind of shift in perspective that can avail us that understanding. <coughs> but the Rebbe says, therefore, each and every person needs at the outset to boost up their, their battery, their energy, with, with tremendous encouragement. Not to become discouraged. When a person sees that many days have passed, and even many years, and I might even add many decades. That a person's been trying to live a more elevated life, a more spiritual life, trying to overcome one challenge or another. And a person's worried about this and thinking about this and knowing that I have to do better and we're trying to do better. It could be days, it could be weeks, months. It says the Rebbe, it could be years. But then at the end of the day, you look in the mirror and it's like I haven't budged an inch. Tremendously discouraging. And a person feels as if they haven't even begun to enter into the Sharia Kedusha. Like David Amalek says in Tehillim, He always saw himself as sitting at the outset of the gate, at the opening, saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, open the gates for me. Like Avram Avinu, the name of the Melech says, who's Yoshev, this past week's parasha, Pesach HaOyal, a Jew sometimes feels like they're just at the opening. They haven't even begun to enter yet. Because a person reflects in his or her life, I'm still so physical, I'm still so magusham, I'm still so excited about little things, and I, and I get frustrated by little things. And I thought by now I'd be able to be broader and I'd be able to, to not judge as much, be able to, to overcome the, the small petty things that get in the way between myself and my children, and myself and my spouse, and myself and, and friends, etc., etc., etc. A person hasn't budged. And on the contrary, whatever little bit the person wants to try to accomplish, any kind of little holy act, he feels, they're just not letting me. Circumstances prevent me from being able to serve Hashem the way that I think that I'd like. And therefore it appears to a person, horrible words, it's like I'm not even part of the cheshben. It's like I don't even matter. Hashem is not even looking at me. It's not even looking at me. It must be that Hashem couldn't care less about whether or not I'm serving Him or not because He's just not letting me in. 
Machmas Shuroya, because he sees that he's screaming out again and again and again and again and davening and begging Hashem, save me. And he's supplicating, and praying, just help me, that's all I want is to become closer to you. But the person is so distant. So it's going to appear to the person that Hashem is not looking at me. Hashem is not turning to me. It must be. And we come to this horrible, erroneous, cataclysmic, catastrophic perception. It must be that Hashem just doesn't want me. He just doesn't want a relationship with me. Because if he wanted it, I mean, I've been trying for decades. And I've been knocking on the door and the door is closed. So what's this all about? Hey, now call Eila, says the Rebbe. Hey, now call Eila. For all of these thoughts and experiences, anything similar, Tzarech is chaskos gadol. We need to supercharge ourselves with an enormous degree of chizuk. Encouragement. To strengthen yourself an incredible amount. Not to pay any heed or attention to whatever it is you think you've been prevented from accessing. And again, because in truth, and he doesn't explain this here, we're going to unpack this through two other teachings. Because in truth, this entire experience of decades of not being able to access what you'd like to access in Abadah Hashem, who rak kulay his It is an experience in and of itself of being brought close to Hashem. Again, a counterintuitive, paradoxical, strange thing. But what does this mean? Let's take another step. We go to the first volume of Lukutimran, Torah, Kuf, Tesvav, 115. So the Rebbe says like this, incredibly powerful thing. Says the Rebbe, Hashem in a certain way is like, is stuck in a certain sense because he has two conflicting energies that we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu has. What are those two energies? Ki Hashem Yisbarach Oyhev Mishpat. We say, Melech Oyhev Tzedako Mishpat in Shemana Esrei, HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves justice. Justice. Mida Keneged Mida, that's how Hashem runs the world. It's an incredibly empowering, empowering thing, Mida Kenegad Mida. Hashem puts us in the driver's seat. Not a Kurdish Baruch was not being a Rachman. On the contrary, he's building us up. He's saying, listen, you're in control. You're running the show. So Hashem loves Mishpat. But Hashem also loves Jews, an inordinate, infinite amount that we can't even imagine. It says the Rebbe, and it's based on his Kurdish. The amount that a Kaddish Baruch Hu loves each and every Jew, he gedoyla yoser is greater, is more intense. Me'ahava shu mishpat from the amount that he loves mishpat. It's true, Hashem loves mishpat, strict justice, mida k'neged mida. But guess what? He loves Am Yisrael more. Hashem loves Am Yisrael more than he loves mishpat. Therefore, says the tzaddik, v'alkein kishamida sadin When a person wants to start to come close to Hashem, a person wants to do tshuva, a person wants to take the next step, a person wants again. It, it, it's in a million different ways across the diverse spectrum of all the different ways there are to work on Yiddishkeit, and each of us have our own journey and our own story. Whatever the next step is for you, says the Rebbe, mida sadin wakes up. Wait a second. What do you think? Just one second to the next, you should all of a sudden be clean and now allowed to serve Hashem in the way that you want? Not so simple. The Midas Hadin is The Midas Hadin is going to stand up and prevent a person from accessing the way of life. Because let it be clear to me and you, and I'm sure that it is, that Avodah Hashem is not about sacrificing my life in this world so that maybe I'll get eternal reward in the next world. There is no life in this world aside from a life of Amuna, which is the sum total of Yiddishkeit, not a bunch of rules and rituals and culture. It's Amuna. And when a person lives with Amuna, they live with Yishavadas, with contentment, with depth, with expansive joy, big vision. That's what Yiddishkeit is supposed to be. So 
it's not so simple that a person should all of a sudden have access to the greatest gift in the world. Midas Adin is Mekatrik. That a person should all of a sudden access what's called Derech HaChayim, L'Skarv L'Tzadik HaEmes, to get close to a Tzadik that's mamish going to connect them with teachings that bring them to life. L'Derech HaEmes, and to find a real way to connect to Hashem that's aligned with that person's unique nature and circumstances. Not so simple. Now, it's a problem, he says, because Hashem is Baruch Oyev Mishpat. That's me, the connected me, and Hashem loves Mishpah. So that's accurate, that, that's supposed to be. Al-Kain, what should he do? Who is Baruch Mukhruch Kiviachel? Hashem, again, on his level, is forced or compelled. Lahaskim. Lahazmin loiminias. Lemanoi midarachachaim. Hashem must allow and grant permission to the, to the Makatrig, to the Satan, to the Yitzar, to put obstacles in the way of a person who wants to come close. Because that's me, the connected me, that the person's not worthy. In accordance with Midas Hadin and the Mishpat which Hashem loves, because he's called Ayyav Mishpat. Hashem can't just override the Midas Hadin, he loves Midas Hadin. This is the way the world works. However, and this is so deep, and here we're starting to unpack a little bit. But because even though Akadosh Baruch Hu is Oyev Tzedakah Mishpat, that he loves Midas Hadin and Mishpat, and, 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 uh, but Hashem also loves each and every Jew. Like we already established, that the way that Akadosh Baruch Hu loves each Jew, he could because as Chazal say in Nikla, even outside the Zar Kadosh, Mida Toiva Miruba. The good energy is always stronger, is always greater. The light is always more powerful than the darkness. So Midas HaChesed, Hashem has Midas Adin. Midas HaChesed overrides. Avas Yisrael, from Hashem's perspective, is much greater than his love for Midas Adin. So Ma'as Hashem Yisbarach. So how does this play out? What should Hashem do? Again, Hashem needs to put obstacles in the way of a person that seeks to do tshuva. Like we said earlier, he loves mishpat. There's going to be obstacles along the path. Says the Rebbe. What does Hashem want? Hashem mamish wants that the obstacles should prevent a person from being able to get close to Hashem. How could Hashem want that? Hashem loves Am Yisrael. Baruch wants us to connect to Him, to grow close to Him. The truest level of truth is that is that Hashem's overwhelming desire and yearning is is that yeah midas hadin okay maybe the person is not deserving it makes no difference Hashem is oyev Yisrael Hashem can't live without us for a second kiviyachal Hashem needs us on His level whatever that means Hashem created us He wants us. He loves Am Yisrael more than Mishpat. So what does he do? Says the Rebbe, HaKadosh Baruch Hu came up with a, an infinitely genius solution. And it's the following. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will allow the Satan to put obstacles in our way. Aval Hu Yisbarach but Hashem Himself master as atzmai kiviyachol b'soich hamanias. Hashem hides Himself inside the obstacle itself. So Hashem says, "Good. There's a vision that you have of being a perfect tzaddikas, whatever it is, and you're madrega or tzaddik. Each of us, whatever our ideal vision is, that we daven or shoshaniyim kippur, that this year is going to be mamish the year. We have that vision." The Satmar Rebbe said, the Pasik says that Aine Hashem Tamid Ba and the land of Eretz Yisrael may reishis Hashan vaad achrishana from beginning of the year to the end of the year. So the Satmar Rebbe said, look at the Pasik, it seems imbalanced. It says may reishis hashana from the beginning of the year ad achris. It doesn't say ad achris hashana. It just says ad achrishana. Says the Satmar Rebbe because every year a person comes into a new year. He says may reishis hashan. This is going to be the year. This is it, right? And we think and we dream and we imagine. And then at the end of the year, he said, you know, Shana, it was just another year, right? So 
in the beginning, right? So we have this big vision of what Arvadis Hashem should look like. And that's going to be called success. That will be called, now I'm serving Hashem for real. And then when there are obstacles to that, it's like, oh my gosh, Hashem's pushing me away. So here Rabbi Nachman is again beginning. We're going to get into this deeper in a few minutes. Beginning, we're, we're like turning a corner, okay? Rabbi Nachman begins to start to shift things. To shift our definition of what spiritual success might even mean, might look like. Because it turns out that if HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself is within the experience of the obstacle, then in encountering an obstacle and grappling, which we're going to see in a minute, with an obstacle, and allowing for the obstacle to elicit within the human heart, which we're going to see in a minute, I'm not going to give it away, we'll see it in a minute inside, what obstacles bring out within us, that's the deepest encounter with the Kaddish Baruch we could ever imagine. That is Kirva Selokin. Let's see how the Rebbe says it a little bit more. Umishuhu Bardas, a person who has this elevated level of consciousness that we only get when learning from Sadiqim like this. We're drawing on the Zara Kaddish and the Kitsviari and the Tamidi of Hashem Tov. This is the Torah for our generation. This is it. Hashem was Hiktim Rufua Lemaka. He gave us the remedy before the, before the malady. And by Hasidus, I don't mean pay, I, I don't trust it, not pay some strangles. I don't know, they may have it less than, I don't, I don't know, it's a culture, I like everything. I mean the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov, the MS, not the cute little stories and the Ramazim. The Baal Shem Tov came to the world to reveal a whole new way of experiencing Hashem that we would need desperately in the final generation in order to survive, in order to make it. This is one of those paradigm shifts. This is one of them, there are many. And they're all Bishiris, they're all, it's just one. But this is, this is one of them. So a person that has the privilege of being privy to this perspective, which is so counterintuitive, it, it's so, it's, it's not like Judaism 101, it, it's, it's a gilu, it's a revelation. It's a whole different way of looking at things. Umishu hu bardas they know to look deeper into the experience of a challenge and to find Hashem there. Kiba Emas, strong line. In truth, Ein Shum Menia Ba'oilam Klau. What does that mean? How does that translate? Kiba Emas, in truth, what's a Menia we've been learning? Is an obstacle. Ein shum minia ba'olam klal. Says the Rebbe, there was never an obstacle in this world ever at all to Avodah Hashem. Didn't exist. Because what's the definition of an obstacle? Is that it's preventing me from getting to somewhere where I need to go. Says the Rebbe, well it turns out that if that's the obstacle that you're facing, that's where you need to be. Lechatchila. Not as a bidiyavet. That is your Avodah Hashem. Now, so all of a sudden, it's not an obstacle. All of a sudden, it's a stepping stone. It's another rung on the ladder. All of a sudden, this is part of the journey. Not preventing me from getting to where I need. This is where I need to be. This is an experience of HaKadosh Baruch. You may be familiar with another very famous declaration of Rabbi Nachman where he said very similar words, Ein Shum there's no despair in the world at all. It's the same thing. Because if there's no obstacle in the world at all, then there's no reason to despair. Why does a person despair? Because it's hopeless. Why is it hopeless? Because I can't budge. Says the Rebbe, what if you can't budge? This is it. This is the angel like Yaakov Avinu that you need to, that you need to wrestle with now. There's no despair in the world at all. There's no obstacle in the world at all. This is Hashem. This is it. This is Kedusha. Striving for Kedusha. Is Kedusha. This is Kedusha. Ve'emes ein shemaniya ba'olam klal. Ki betoikif hamaniyas ba'atzmon nistra Hashem is bar. Because Hashem is hidden within the difficult, challenging, impassable, immovable blockage. That's where Hashem is. Through our experience with the challenges that we face. Not despite them, but specifically through them. That is our portal. That's the way we get close to Hashem. 
Kisham Nister Hu Yizbarach, that's where Hashem is hidden. And this is only a segment of a, of a bit of a longer piece, but the Rebbe explains this is Pshat in the Pasuk, which tells us that by Harsinai, when there was the great, tremendous cloud that settled on a mountain, and the kol shoifer chazak ma'oid, v'lo yasaf, a tremendous noise and lightning and thunder is terrifying. And the Pasuk says, the whole nation stood very far away. But Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, nigash el ha'arafel, he approached the cloud, asher shamalikim, that that's where God is. So Ibn Achman says, what's the, what's the anon va'arafel? Of course, it's a emaniyah, an obstacle. It's dark, it's, it's cloudy. We can't see what's the next step. We don't know where to go. So he says, simple people that aren't connected to what's called das, this illuminated, broader way of seeing things, of consciousness, of understanding, they see a dark cloud, they run away. They say, forget it. I can't get close to Hashem here. But Umayshe, who's the das of all of Am Yisrael, he is the, the aspect of intellect, of consciousness. On the contrary, he sees a cloud. Umayshe nigash al he, he jumps right into the fray. He runs into it because he recognizes Asher Shom Elikim. This is where Hashem is. This is how Hashem is making himself known to me in my life by revealing to me challenges that he would like me to strive. And now we're going to see to yearn to overcome. Let's turn the page over and see the third teaching. And this is really bringing it really around the corner fully. So here the Rebbe spells it out a little bit more clearly. This is a third teaching from Rebbe Nachman, the Kutumran Samach It's like a nice little like cocktail of different medicines over here, different teachings, put it all together. The Rebbe says like this, when a Jew needs to do something that's really necessary for the Yiddishkeit, which is all of life. And Befrat, specifically, When we have to do the one thing that Mamish, our entire Yiddishkeit relies on, we came down to the world to overcome this Nisayun, to, to be able to accomplish this thing, whatever that is. And sometimes we, we have clarity, like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what I need to fix. We can't even prove it intellectually. Sometimes you just have a feeling in your heart. This is really important. Azai, the same theme. Mazmin and loy minia. They're going to prepare an obstacle for you. Vezois hamania says the Rebbe, what is the purpose of this obstacle? And here we come to the point. He bishvil hacheshek. The purpose of this obstacle is to elicit from within you a deep, overpowering yearning and desire. Kidesha al that through coming up against an obstacle, you're going to cry even more deeply, more strongly, more powerfully. You're going to yearn like David Amalach, My soul thirsts for you. My, my soul yearns, thirsts for you. <coughs> to have more cheshek to do that thing. We see this in human nature. The more you hold a person back from a thing, the more that they're going to want to do that thing. You show a little child something that's sweet to them that they want. And then you grab I don't know why a person would do this, but theoretically, a person grabs it away and hides it away from him. He's going to want it so much more than he wanted it initially. And he's going to seek and yearn for that thing. The primary cause for the deep, deep yearning was that the thing that they wanted was withheld from them. So the Rebbe says, will prevent a person from doing the thing that they feel that they need to do for a purpose. 
So that our yearning and our desperate plea will increase in intensity. Right? Like we sing in Yidid Nefesh. It's such a powerful thing. Heal me. We're not talking about physical ailments. We should all be healthy. We're not talking about their physical ailments. Heal my soul. I want to taste your presence, your sweetness. Show me that you're with me. Show me that you care for me. Show me that I matter. Show me that my efforts are contributing to some kind of, of great ambition of the Jewish nation throughout history that's actually having an impact on this crazy world. Now, what's the essence or the premise, the foundation for that cry of is that it's been a long time that we've been davening to be healed on a soul level. And so far, it hasn't happened completely. Kiza Kama, we say over there. It's been so long. Nich Saif, Nich Safti. That I've yearned, that I've longed. That I should just see it right away. Your glory, your strength. To feel you in my life. Nich Saif, Nich Safti. Says the Rebbe. If everything would come so easy to us all of a sudden, we wouldn't have obstacles. Yidid Nefesh would never have been born. All the psukim in Tehillim, the deepest cries, please, the dveikus of cheshek, of yearning, would never have come into, into being. Shekol davar, right, Bebechinas, the Pasuk in Mishle says, Velechem sesarim yuna'am, hidden bread, that's sweet. It's hidden away from us. That whatever is withheld from a person, the person is going to find sweeter and is going to desire it even more. So it turns out that will, yearning, desiring something, is not only valuable in a utilitarian way, in the sense of it having utility because, yeah, in order to do something, in order to do a mitzvah, you have to want it. And so, therefore, cheshek is important to get you to do it. That's usually the way that we think about cheshek in nigla. In nigla, in the revealed aspect of Torah, yearning doesn't have a very strong place because what, like, what's a yearning itself worth? I mean, sachakol, a person didn't accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. That's on the level of nigla. In pnimia satira, nister, chasidus, Kabbalah, the Zara Kaddish says, if you remember nothing else, just remember this one line. Les reusa tava is avid. There is not one holy desire that a Jew has, however big or small, is avid that ever gets lost. Irrespective of whether or not we manage to bring that into the mice of a pile, each of us deal with obstacles, mitigating circumstances, challenges, limitations. Yearning itself is an avoida. Yearning to get close to Hashem is in and of itself the deepest, deepest experience of dvekas. And so if that's the case, then we have to re... We have to re... Like train our, our whole brain in terms of thinking about what, what, what success in Avodah Hashem means. It turns out that there is no objective barometer for spiritual success. And that's really what Chazal mean to tell us when they say that each and every individual needs to say the whole world was created for me. It doesn't matter what the person next to me seems to be accomplishing and how they managed to daven chakras and mincha despite having to run rotas and take their kids everywhere and halavai that I should have two seconds you know, to, to, while, while, while I'm waiting in line to pick up my kids that I should maybe say a kapitol tilim. There's no such thing. No one else exists in relation to your own avodah Hashem. They don't exist. There is no objectivity. There's just you. There's just you and I'd say even stronger. There isn't just you and your whole lifespan. The Pasuk says, Hayoim in Today. Rabbi Nachman says in another place, we didn't have this teaching here. 
Rabbi Nachman says all that a Jew ever has is, is today. There is no yesterday, it doesn't exist. There is no tomorrow, it doesn't exist. So again, think what we're saying now is revolutionary. All there is in the world is you. And not just on your highest, most spiritual, you know, your wedding day or your kipper or some very intense experience. No, 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 just a regular Sunday. Where are we now? In November. A regular nothing day. Another rainy day in Manchester. It's another day. That's all there is in regard to your Avodah Hashem. So there's just you and there's just today. Whoa. So if there's just me and there's just today, and I don't have any kind of illusion that I'm going to become a perfect person in one particular day, but you know what I could do now? I could yearn to be a little bit better. I could express my yearning to Hashem in my own words. And it doesn't always have to be a capital to him. You have your own words inside of you. Those were David's own words. You have your own words. Speak to Hashem in your own words. Channel your yearning. Even though, again, it's, it sounds so distant from us. I'm not a spiritual person. There's no such thing as not a spiritual person. You're not a spiritual person. You're a dead person. And if you're alive, you have a spirit inside of you. You're a spiritual person. People tell me all the time, I'm not, I'm not a spiritual guy, Rabbi. You know? you're, you're, you're alive. You're a spirit. Right? So channel that into words. Say, Rabbi Shalom, let's be, let's be honest. I'm not going to be able to do this, that, and the other. But I really want to. That's where my heart is. That's what, that's what I yearn for. And I'm prevented for one reason or another. I do my best to overcome those challenges. Yearning itself, the kirvas olukim in that moment, the dveikus in that moment, for a husband and wife, that maybe the, the husband is struggling with, with something and the wife really wants him, whatever it is, to, to overcome. So he's not able to become perfect in one day. But in the openness of the relationship, he breaks down crying and he says, you have no idea how much I want this. There's not kirva in that moment. There's not maybe the deepest kirva in the world. When a person reveals the essence of what they yearn for, even though they're having a challenging time, actually manifesting that for one reason or another, but it's the essence of who they are, far beyond <laughs> what they actually do, but what do they want? That's who they are. So says the Rebbe, And in relation to how difficult, or how, I'm sorry, how wonderfully important the thing is, that's the, you're going to get a much bigger obstacle. That's how much stronger the obstacle will be. Says the Rebbe, there are three things. There is cheshek, meaning the, the experience of desire itself. There's the one who's doing the desiring, and there's the nechshak, there's the thing that he's desiring. There's the person that's yearning. The thing that the person is yearning for. And then there's the degree of cheshek, that they yearn for that thing. Says the Rebbe, in accordance with the greatness of the thing that we're trying to access and attain, you're going to have to manifest an, an incredible amount of yearning for it. It's not stam. The alkane, and therefore, well, how do you get yearning out of a person? You put a mania in their way. In as much as the person has enough das, like Moshe Rabbeinu, not to give up. Because if they give up, the whole thing falls apart. Then there, it, there was no use. But if we go on the outset with knowing this is not going to be easy, there's going to be obstacles, and it's part of the process, and we have the das of the tzaddik, of Moshe Rabbeinu, we know at the outset, like we know, we know from the beginning, and we're supercharged with this, then it works. The system works. We experience, we strive, we yearn, we do everything in our power to move, and at the same time, we have the yeshiva das of knowing that when it's beyond my control, this is itself an experience of Kirvas Elohim. This is not my finding Hashem despite His apparent absence. This is Hashem's presence. This.
So we are keen because Hach Nachshag Gadam Aid Nimtosh Shetzarich Liyos Loicheisha Gadam Aid. So therefore, as a Yesh Loi Menia Gadol Be Yoser, you're going to have a big obstacle. Shaidei Acheisha Aidei Zeh Hacheisha Gadol Be Yoser. So that's going to elicit such an incredible power of yearning. It's not easy for us to pick up our whole families now and move to Eretz Yisrael. It's something that all of us want to do very much. We don't belong here, right? It's like, Mamish, in a way, I feel safer here than going back to London now in a couple of hours. It's pachat pachadim what's going on. It's not simple. It is not simple. So we belong in Eretz Yisrael. Not that it's simple there, but I'd rather be there than here, right? But in the realistic nature of the way that life actually works, it's not, you can't just one day to the next uproot and move. It, but it should be an ideal. Let it be an ideal. Let it be something that we actively care about, yearn for, babamas. And in that sense, then we're connected to Eretz Yisrael in that way, that yearning. The bigger the obstacles we face, Hashem is getting exactly what He needs out of us, like crushing grapes to get the wine. HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs the cheshek. So we think, Hashem, what are you doing to me? You're pushing me away. Like, can't you just allow me to serve you? And Hashem says, what do you mean? I'm getting out of you what I need. Because it's not about your own perception of what you think spiritual success looks like. It's what the Master of Heaven and Earth needs from you. So it turns out that Hashem actually needs our yearning, maybe even more than He needs, an easy journey toward actually manifesting a totally spiritual life. Maybe Hashem needs a bit of brokenness. Maybe Hashem needs a little bit of humbling. And Hashem needs us to recognize that, um, that we're lovesick. And maybe that's the greatest, greatest gift that we give Him of all. Maybe that's the highest madriga of all. The Alkane says the Rebbe, Ra'ila we come to the end. A person needs to know. That when a person has major challenges in their life, major obstacles that a person is struggling with for days, for weeks, for years, mamish blockages. Let the person know. Whatever you're trying to do must be. Oh, it's, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. So Hashem sets the goals really high. Not so that we should feel really guilty about not attaining every single Madriga and Kedusha, but so that we should have something to strive for, something to yearn for. And then there's going to be obstacles. We're humans. We're not, not angels. We're going to be humans. Hashem's going to put obstacles in our way. And we don't give up. And we keep on yearning and striving and doing everything we can and channeling our yearning into Diburim de Kedusha, into our own words. Speak to Hashem. Tell Him where it hurts. Tell HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm yearning to be close to you. My life is not pro progressing in the way that I hoped it would. And especially now, such an intense time. It's like nothing's guaranteed. We shall all live long and happy till 120. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like, it's very intense. It's urgent. It's urgent. Channel it into words. It's very precious. This is why the obstacle is so great. I just have this story that keeps popping into my head. I'm just going to say it. Hashem must have put it there. It's not exactly connected, but it is something similar. There was a great tzaddik whose name I'm not remembering now, but it's one of those, you just insert your favorite Hasidic rabbi here. You know, The point is the story. There was a great tzaddik who was super, super poor. Mamish impoverished. But his Torah study and his Havodah Hashem was holding up the whole, the whole village. You know, he was it. And his wife was Meister Nefesh very much for him to try a little bit to, to support, and he ate nothing, mamish nothing. Her big deal was that she should work um, as much that he should eat one bagel a day. And that was her mysterious Nefesh on his behalf. And every day she came to the base Medrash and she gave him, she gave him uh, a bagel. And, and this was it. I mean, they literally gave him the energy that he needed to do all of it, his Avodah Hashem the whole entire day from this one bagel that she was giving him every morning. There was a tukufa where she was finding it very challenging for one reason or another to make even enough money per day to buy that one bagel that he needed. And she had to start really, really taking on credit. Taking on credit, and this went on for some time. It's incredibly embarrassing for her. What could you do? You know, her husband's going to starve. So she went from supermarket to, super, you know, whatever they called it then, these little shops in, in, in the shtetl. And, uh, you know, people had Rahmanas, They gave her, okay, okay, give you on credit and you'll pay us back. But it got to a point, I guess there was some kind of you know, financial crisis where the shop owner himself, he couldn't afford anymore to be doing this. It was day after day after day. So she came in one day, she said, please, you know, Mamish, this time I really mean it. I'm going to pay you back as, as soon as possible. He said, listen, my heart is breaking. I don't know what to tell you. I, I can't. I 
can't afford it. So she doesn't know what to do. And she, she starts pleading and pleading, please, Mamash Abrahmanas, please. So the shop owner was thinking, you know, what does she have that, that she could use to pay to pay for this bagel that would make it worth it for him to make this sacrifice? He thinks to himself, you know, she must have a really great portion in Olam Haba. That she's moister nefesh ad every single day to get her husband, the big tzaddik, the bagel that he needs, to be davening and learning and, and, and answering shilas and giving chizik to people and saving the whole world. He says to her, listen, I give you a bagel, but I want, I want your share in Olam Haba for the bagel. So she mamish doesn't know what to do. It's bikoach nefesh, her husband's going to faint away. He's not going to be able to survive. And one day of his learning Torah is holding up the whole world. So she doesn't even think twice. She just, with joy, a smile on her face, she says, absolutely, it's yours. It's yours. He's made the deal of the century. He takes the bagel, he wraps it up in a little brown bag, and she runs joyfully off to the basement, so she gives him the bagel. And as she's handing it over, the tzaddik looks up at his holy wife's face and he sees that something is not like regular. And when he looks at her and she looks at him, so she just breaks down. And she mama starts crying. And she sits down next to him and he says, what happened? She tells him the whole story. She went and he wouldn't give a bagel on credit, but she absolutely needs to support her husband, the tzaddik, and a whole thing she gave away her mama for the bagel. And she's crying and crying and crying. And the tzaddik is sitting there and he starts laughing his head off. He's just laughing and laughing. And she says, well, what's going on over here? How rude is this? It's so cruel. I'm brokenhearted and you're laughing. What are you laughing about? He looks at her, he says, do you know what kind of oil haba you get for selling your oil haba for, for a bagel? Do you know what kind of oil haba you get for giving away your oil haba? For a bagel. He says, you didn't, you didn't lose a thing. So why is this coming into my brain? Because it's something similar. It's like, do you know what kind of kirvas Hashem you get when you feel that you can't get close to Hashem? That is kirvas Elokim. That is an opportunity not to be blinded by the obstacle to look deeper and to say, Hashem, you're not fooling me. This is also you. I'm finding you, connecting to you, activating my cheshek, giving you what you need, and giving myself the Yishav Adas of knowing that I am absolutely a-okay where I am. Absolutely okay. Got to keep on yearning, keep on striving. Let's take a look at one last teaching, a few more minutes. And this teaching is from the Mizutra Maga, the primary disciple of the Baal Shem Tov, Rebbe of, of the whole third generation of Hasidic generals, really. The Hasidic Shurabas were generals. They divided the whole Europe, and, and they each brought their own light to their region, the name of the Melech, the Kedusha Slevi, Rebbe Rebbe Zusha, Rebbe Aaron Agadam, Mikarlin, the Kajan Tzar Magid, v'chule, v'chule, v'chule. These were all Talmidim of this Tzaddik, the Mizutra Magid. Listen to this, and with this we'll end. The Ruach HaKodesh Gilolanu. I personally never saw this Lashen in any Sefer of the Svar Makdashim. I don't even know what this means. He says, he says, Ruach HaKodesh has revealed to us. I don't know who us is, but this is Mamash Ruach HaKodesh. That in Yezmanze, if there will come a time in history, when there will be an, an, in, a, a tremendous and intense amount of cheshek, of yearning, of desire on the part of human beings to know Hashem, to experience Hashem, to build a relationship with Him, and to connect to Him, Says the Mizutra Magid, Az Yeratze Hacheshek Hazeh Kaoila Ukechala Kavanas. This Cheshek, again, in and of itself, will be considered by Hashem like the carbon oila and like all of the Kabbalistic intentions of the deepest kind of mystical Avodas Hashem on the highest level, yearning. Vizehu, and this is Pshat in the Pasuk that we've been saying very often now in, in, in Kapitol Tzadi, Aleph, Yosha B'Seser Elyon, it's a big school to say for protection. And toward the end it says, Ki v'chashak Hashem says, because He desired me, and He has freed me. Ki v'chashak. 
when Am Yisrael yearn for a relationship with Hashem, despite the challenges, we yearn for it. The redemption will come in the schos, not of a perfect generation, but of a very crippled generation that yearned to be whole. That's who Mashiach will come in the honor of. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I want that when Jews have tsar, it should be because they have tsar that they cannot bring me into their life sufficiently. And they care about this. And they cry about it. And they yearn. And they, and they, and they worry about it. And they think about it. How can I take my life to the next level? Even though they don't know any deep things and they're not even serving Hashem as they should. But they yearn, that they should be able to live with that they shouldn't fear, and that they shouldn't deal with anxiety that comes from the opposite of Amuna, but they should be able to live it, and they cannot, and they, so they deal with, with challenges, but they yearn for it. And they do whatever they are able to do with yearning and with cheshek and with simcha and with joy. Hashem says, done, I'm going to free you from galas. In this merit, again, not in the merit of perfect, perfection, but in the merit of yearning, they're going to merit everything in the world. They're going to get every level. The whole world will become filled with the consciousness of Hashem. That Hashem was always already here. HaKadosh Baruch was already here. It's just a measure. It, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a question of us becoming subjectively aware. But objectively, Hashem is already here. We're swimming in Him. We just have to become awake. Wake up. He's here. He's now. He's within us. We're already close. As we seek and yearn to become even closer. Everything we will merit in the honor of yearning v'zehu, and that's pshat in the pasuk, ki b'simcha seitzeu. Not that when we are redeemed from exile, we'll have great joy, but the way that we're going to merit to be redeemed is when we serve Hashem b'simcha ben seitzeu. How do we serve Hashem with simcha? We think we're so limited and crippled and challenged, and like we said in the beginning, what are my efforts worth? You believe that your efforts, your efforts, and Allah has come of a kama, whatever it is that we do merit to do, but the yearning Shabbai, it's changing the whole world. And the Geula is going to come in the merit of that and that alone, that yearning, that cheshek, that desire. So this is my bracha to you and to me, is not to give up. There's no despair in the world at all because there is no such thing as an obstacle. We all struggle with things, each and every one of us sitting here. And we get close to Hashem not despite the struggle, but specifically by engaging wholeheartedly, whole consciously with it. Not to be fooled. This is you, Hashem. This is you bringing me close, even though it appears that you are pushing me away. to only hear Hashem to serve Hashem with big, broad-minded consciousness. Hashem, thank you so much for coming. Thank you.